Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Spoiler Warning Podcast. This is a review of Barbarian. I'm Christopher Shazy. And I'm Stephen Miller. And if you're joining us for the first time, the Spoiler Warning Podcast is a weekly film review program. Each week in the show, we're going to dive in, debate, discuss, and argue over the latest films coming to a theater near you. Um, this week, uh, you know, we're catching up on something we may have seen a week ago, but uh, we're here to talk about a little film called Bar- Barbarian, um, which is, you know, maybe a film about how uh, Airbnb rentals can, you know, not go as you uh, would have expected. Um, you know, I, I, I was joking with you, Stephen, off air about how it would have been funny if we saw this together uh, a few weeks ago when we were actually in an Airbnb together hanging out. It'd be interesting to force you to watch a horror film about an Airbnb gone wrong and then make you come back <laughs> to our Airbnb mm-hmm. and sleep the night through. Um, but when we checked into that Airbnb, we had a keypad which just led us into the door. And uh, right. I think I remarked at the time that it blows my mind that people just have Airbnbs. Because how often do you honestly think they change that code? Like, it's a good yeah. question. It depends on if the code is connected to some kind of easy Wi-Fi related thing or not. If it is, I imagine there could be a security service that is like rotate the code every X days or whatever. Um, yeah. Otherwise, never. <laughs> they just never change the code and it's on our system. Yeah, yeah. Which is crazy to me. Like, cause I get it if you had like a... You know, a lot of those, you know, they're, they're like HomeKit enabled locks that let you send somebody a wallet key with an expiration date. And it's not like you are saying your code is 7255. It's, it's, it's like literally a thing that you accept in your Apple wallet. Then you walk up, wave your phone on the door and it lets you in. And then that will not work after a certain time and day. Like right. those kind of systems, like I would feel good about, like, you know, obviously it would have to be like one door that supports both platforms to allow people to actually mm-hmm. do it. But every time I stay at one of these Airbnbs, I'm always just a little bit sketched out. Like, I love the convenience of show up whenever I want. It could be two in the morning, even though I was able to check in at four, and I just walk in and right. punch a key and enter. But also, I always wonder, it's real, real easy to get inside this place. And I feel like after we check out, I could still punch in that number and it would work. And it just sketches it, me out a little it, bit. It's true. It The convenience outweighs the sketchiness to me because I remember the old days of using Airbnb in like 2013 or 2014 where like I would land in a place and I would land late and I would have to like be on the phone coordinating with the person when we could meet up and in the meantime I'm just like standing there with a suitcase or looking for like a McDonald's to chill out in or whatever Um, (laughs) so compared to that I love the key code thing but it's interesting because I was glad to not be in an Airbnb while watching this movie. Um, But basically, I would just say a home is scarier than an apartment, right? Like ghosts don't live in apartments. Scary things don't happen in apartments. (laughs) (laughs) Steven, you you have... You have long touted this as a thing to be true, that ghosts don't live in apartments. But right. ghosts definitely live in hotels, right? You would agree that ghosts haunt hotels? Sure. And yeah, what is hotels. the difference between a hotel and an apartment other than you permanently live there instead of just checking in and checking out in a short the, window? The difference is that the building, an old <laughs> hotel, a ghost does not live in a new hotel. I've, like A ghost has never lived in a Best Western. Never. A ghost has lived maybe in like some historical hotel you know that is like a building that they have not touched where all they've done is basically taken an old giant victorian or whatever and (laughs) called each room you know a room in the hotel like i believe a ghost lingers when 
more than 40% of the original <laughs> floor plan <laughs> is in place. At a certain point, the ghost is like, fuck it, I'm out. This is There's nothing for me here anymore. Like, you saw a ghost story. <laughs> you know. <laughs> yeah, there's notes in the wall. Um, well, uh, you, know, you, you know, yeah, yes, the building you live in is relatively new. But, Stephen, there's that empty lot next to it, which is sort of just a mm-hmm. hole. No one's ever developed there. You ever wonder why? What if that's like an ancient burial ground or something? <laughs> Probably. <laughs> I, I can see that. No, I just... Uh, if I lived on the first or second floor, sure, maybe a ghost would <laughs> ghost get here. Ghosts plenty. <laughs> yeah, ghosts, ghosts don't have time to get to the sixth floor. They got, they got shit to do. Yeah. I don't know. I, I've never felt scared. Uh, but a house is just so, like open you know there is like a backyard there are like windows that are street level there is a door that is street there's just more things that can get to you and that is inherently scary so yeah i won't lie it made me kind of be like maybe i want to live in a condo (laughs) Um, yeah good times all right well enough talking about our experience with airbnb shall we get into the experiences of young women in airbnb Yes. All right. We're going to take a listen to the trailer for Barbarian, and then we're going to come back and give everybody a review. Oh, you've got to be kidding me. Yeah. This is 476 Barbary, right? Yeah. I'm renting this place. No, I booked it a month ago. Are you sure you have the right place? Yeah. What am I supposed to do? Why don't you come inside, and we'll call these idiots. Why don't you just crash here? Oh, no. I don't know if you got a great look at this neighborhood, but I don't think you should be out there by yourself. It's dry and there's a lock on the door. By the way, I'm Keith. Tess. You take the bedroom and I'll sleep out here on the couch. natural 
All right. So that was the trailer for Barbarian. Um, reading the description from IMDb, a woman staying at an Airbnb discovers that the house she has rented is not what it seems. Stephen Miller, what did you think of Barbarian? Um, so I decided I would go in blind to this movie. I don't know why. I'm a sucker for punishment. We all know, well established, I do not enjoy horror movies. I particularly <laughs> do not enjoy jump scares. I don't enjoy the kind of thing that will like linger in my brain, that will make it hard to sleep at night. And when I do watch them, because you make me for the podcast, because the episode <laughs> number is 666 or some shit like that... Um, <laughs> I seven thirteen unlucky. Woo. Yeah, Ooh. <laughs> the way the way I do it is I will watch it on like a Saturday morning in my living room with all the lights on, with like a distraction nearby. So if a scary scene is happening, I can be like, "You're okay. You're fine. Look, <laughs> look at coffee. You know, like something like that." That is, that is how I live my life. For whatever reason, this time I was like, "Okay." I'm going to say yes to this movie. All I know is the name is Barbarian. Chris wants us to see it. I am going to schedule a Saturday night Alamo screening of it, knowing nothing, and go to bed right after. <laughs> um, <laughs> like, that that was the plan. And I hated this movie in a way that means like I love this movie. Like this movie did really well at the horror roller coaster thing that it set out to do. And even though I hate <laughs> the feelings that it left me with in the moment, I thought it was just like an amusement park ride and being in a crowd of people all experiencing it together. Like it was a packed show at Alamo. Like if not fully sold out, it felt very close to it. Like this was a big draw and there was something about the experience of no one having any idea what the hell was going to happen uh, yeah. that just was really fun and a kind of communal experience that I haven't felt in all of our horror movies rented and Saturday morning, you know, in my living room uh, experiences that I've had so far. Yeah, so yeah. I had a lot of fun. I think this is a movie that it would behoove you to go in knowing as little as possible, but... It turns out I had known something. I just forgot that I knew it. I had seen the trailer at some point in my life. And I knew I'd seen the trailer because at some point while I was watching this movie, I was like, weird, this movie feels familiar, but there's a certain actor from a famous commercial series a decade ago <laughs> that my brain really wants to be in this movie. <laughs> and I don't know why. Um, so it had been planted in my head, but watching the trailer afterwards, I've, I've verified that, yes, I have seen that before. Yeah, and for also, like four it does, Right. And it does such a good job of not showing all of its cards that I think even if you've seen the trailer, you are still in for a roller coaster. Um, I, I, I just think it starts with a very basic premise. You know, we, we have seen a similar thing before in The Rental, the Dave Franco movie from 2020 that yeah. we watched that also takes place at an Airbnb and talks a little bit about the the fear <laughs> inherent there because <laughs> you don't know what else might be happening there. You don't know who else can come in. Um, but this movie takes that. It combines it with a sort of interesting like gender dynamics, you know, of in particular how the character of Tess would feel in like an environment where she can't control who else can enter. It, it ties that with this whole kind of interesting commentary on like Detroit and the way that certain neighborhoods have been abandoned over the years. And it 
it puts that all together in a thing where you don't know which way it is going to go because it has like four different ways in any scene that it could go and still be true to the heart of the narrative. Um, I, I just think it is a movie that it has so many ideas. It is willing to go as far as it goddamn wants to go. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, I don't know that there is a line in this movie. Um, and it also does something that, frankly, I like, though maybe a horror purist would not like, which is by the end of the movie, it has amped up the craziness enough that you, or at least I, did not walk away scared anymore. I was like, I had my scary time, then I had my adventure time, then I had my laughing time, and it was like a whole experience wrapped up where I honestly went home and still slept like a baby. <laughs> so for me, this was a kind of ideal horror roller coaster because it... I was watching it through my fingers. I was cringing. Like it, it was doing all the things that I was afraid it would do to me, but then it still left me feeling satisfied at the end. So yeah, I had a lot of fun with it and I would have to go in spoilers to talk about more probably. Yeah. I, I think it'll definitely be worth having a small spoiler segment uh, at the end, just to at least talk about a few things. Um, but yeah, I, I had an amazing time with this film. I mean, I, I was already kind of interested in it. Maybe it was just because we just got back from another trip and I was still thinking about how creepy airbnbs are and like how do we even trust that everything like every every airbnb i stand in, I, I i stay in has like seven doors that i can't open but sometimes i hear right. stuff on the other side of the door like sometimes it's because the airbnb is connected to somebody others somebody else's house other times it's like who anybody the last person who stayed here could be in that closet i don't know it's locked i can't get in there um so there's always yeah. something a little bit creepy about an airbnb um, but this film starts off and like, you know, the first part of this film is essentially the short film version of exactly what we see in the trailer. And that is executed right. so perfectly, you know, like, like when you just watch the premise of this film in the back of your head, if you're a normal human being, you might be thinking to yourself, it's, it's an Airbnb, just, just GTFO, like, right. <laughs> like, like this film better explain to like this film better convince me why she stays and to this film's credit it does an amazing job of that like this film it does understands the scenario it's in the character who she is you understand all of her motivations she doesn't make terrible decisions she makes maybe some reckless decisions but it's all for a purpose that is greater than just the decision that she is making right so it's like you feel an understanding for why she's willing to go back into place when she might be not in that place momentarily yeah. right like you understand her motivation and i love what this film does with like you know subverting your expectations a little bit like you know the film is it's it, it, it you know it it goes against that line so tightly of like you know when you're watching a film you know characters say something and you're like clearly this is a bad evil person that i'm that we're watching right now like anybody would know that this person is creepy and right. scary but this person she is interacting with in this airbnb everything is so against that line where it's like mm -hmm. it's like oh yeah of course he would say that and you're like oh no that that totally 100 percent makes yeah, sense it, it, it's the it's the exact like not uncanny valley but it, it's the thing where it's just like exactly on that border between what a normal person would say and what a serial killer would say <laughs> <laughs> and it's like the whole time you're watching you're like oh oh either this guy is clever as hell or he's just a, a good guy <laughs> and mm -hmm. then we don't know what it is and you're just watching with so much suspense at like as you're going and you know all the 
prolonged drawn out scenes of staring down dark corridors and wondering if something's mm. there and like like everything there is is it, it just chef's kiss perfect way to present this horror film and then this film sort of introduces a bunch of extra information partway through yep. that just completely like it just I don't even know the expression I'm reaching for right now, but it's suddenly you're watching kind of a completely different film that is also brilliant in its own right. <laughs> and the way it sort of melds these two different stories together and the understanding that you get of who these characters are, what they're doing in this situation and how the people they are would allow them to interact in a particular situation just becomes a thing that like by the end was just like pure joy. Like, you know, I have some questions about uh, the origin of what's going on here and what that means. Um, and sort of like, mm -hmm. you know, th there are characters that give, you know, we were introduced to more characters as the film goes on. And some of those characters give exposition. But that's also just a person's idea of what's going on, right? Like, like the characters that truly know don't ever say it themselves. But there are other characters who are like, yeah, if you do this and this and this and this enough times, you get this, right? Like, like there's... Yeah, th which does make me want kind of the um, historical record of the movie. Yeah, yeah. Because <laughs> I, I, I need to do the math on how many times one can do that. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, it, it's it's sort of... It, it, it's interesting where it's like we don't ever really know the origin of what we're watching we're just watching we just have enough information to understand why what's happening now is happening and i think this film does a really really good job of just kind of like playing in the space trying to be funny in a cringe way or at least funny about a cringe character and then at the same time like scary and horrific and like good at building tension and it sort of balances those two things together and i think that this is just like a you know, it's it's just a really fun movie to participate in and watch, and it uh, it definitely goes places that you're not really <laughs> expecting. Definitely, it it basically you think. I I hate because even acknowledging that this movie has twists and turns feels a little bit like I'm ruining some of these surprises. This movie, but it basically like. You said it perfectly. It begins as a short film of the trailer, and then at a certain point, it just like smashes into a totally different story um, that still connects with the first one. But it, um, I like, I don't think you can predict this movie. I would be very impressed if somebody walked in and was like, "I know what's going to happen." <laughs> um, <laughs> it just doesn't uh, doesn't fit that. I also I think the cast all do a really great job playing the roles they have to play yeah um bill skarsgård will get into in spoilers maybe to to perfectly have to explain it he is obviously to your point before the person who is either the world's creepiest guy ever or a totally normal person and i think he plays that ambiguity for exactly as long as he needs to very 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 well yeah um Georgina Campbell, who plays Tess, the, the main character, she is, like, to your point, this movie has so many don't open that door, don't go in there, what the hell are you doing moments as an audience member. And every time it also has this scream, like, I'm going to acknowledge this. I'm a character who has seen horror movies, too. <laughs> you yeah. know, here is why I'm going to do what I'm doing, even though I know it's a bad idea. And it just, like, she is very good at being relatable and doing the things the plot makes her have to do without ever feeling like a person the audience can't connect to anymore. Um, I, I think she's really, really great. And then 
person who I don't even want to talk about being in this movie uh, does a wonderful heel turn uh, that, again, I think we can just get into in in spoilers because this is also kind of a Me Too movie. It, again, it, it is just doing a lot of things at the same time. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, it, it's just a fun. It is a ride. Like I can only think of it as a ride, not even a film. Like I don't know what it would feel like to watch it again. I don't know what the meaning of it is in the end. But the the two hour experience of sitting in a crowd of people just seeing whether it's going to go up and down or left or right, like it, it's just a total blast. It feels like the second part of this film that you're talking about is something that uh, maybe producers question the viability of, mm-hmm. and like they made that first chunk. Like the the reason why I say it feels like its own short film is because it feels self-contained and like its yeah. own entire piece that could be played in isolation. And it feels and this probably is not true, but it feels like you know, studio got the script <laughs> and was like, "Huh. I'm not sure." And they're like, "Well, let us just make the first part. And if you like that, <laughs> we'll make the rest <laughs> of it, right?" Cuz it just feels like the first part is executed so well that it yeah. like it justifies whether or not you stick with everything else this film does it like has has done all the heavy lifting to get you invested in it and now it's like <laughs> what are we doing now and then you kind of just are along for the ride at that point and i feel like it, it earns its 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 time through it but um yeah yeah no i i don't know the origin story of this movie i think if nothing else that first half is like the the director zach Kreger saying I can make a perfectly executed horror movie that is just the like the creepy dread version of horror that, you know, Blumhouse would have me do or whatever. Like, I can do that. I'm going to prove to you that I can do it. We yeah. know we could have dragged this out the whole movie. I, you and I both know you would have watched all of it. You would have begged for more piggy. <laughs> um, <laughs> but then he's like, OK, haven't gotten that out of the way. Let me show you what else we can do. And I think at that point, there's just a lot of joy in it because you know the movies are going to deliver. Like yeah. you, you just know like they know how to play you already. And to me, that is just the fun of it. It's kind of like a trick shot or whatever. It's like, yeah, I can do the right thing now. Let me hop the ball over the eight ball instead. You know, <laughs> and, <laughs> and it's yeah. fun. Cool. Um, well, it sounds like we probably want to get in the spoilers pretty soon. So, Stephen Miller, yeah. should we get to some verdicts first? Let's do it. All right. For our pre-spoiler verdicts, Stephen Miller, if you were going to do this, say must-see, record with a caveat, wait for rental, pass with a caveat, or must-avoid, what would you give it? So I've been gushing about this movie in the non-spoiler section, um, which maybe will make it seem weird that I'm just going to give recommend with a caveat. I think some of the things involve nitpicks, maybe. My inner schnazy um, (laughs) turned on a bit in the second half of this movie, where even though I did have so much fun the whole way through, by the end of the movie, I felt like the zaniness of it maybe deflated the movie as like a lasting message or like a lasting idea that would stick with me. So I think ultra fun roller coaster ride while you watch it. Maybe not the kind of thing that you are going to remember for a very long time. And I think that is a a consequence of the fun the director decided to have. So I don't fault it for it. It's just like it keeps it from hitting the high of like the truly creepy horror movies that like ruined my month <laughs> when I watched them. Um, this, this feels much more like a theatrical experience, which would be my caveat. I have no idea how it plays alone in your living room, but theatrical tons of fun. People should definitely go check it out while they still can. Yeah. I, I honestly am also in the recommend of the caveats uh, group. I think this film is incredibly fun. 
beginning is executed perfectly. The, you know, the, the later parts are a wild ride in and of themselves. And I think all of that is, uh, you know, very, very fun <laughs> what this film is doing. And I enjoyed it. It definitely wasn't perfect. And like the explanations that we get, I don't buy because of like the characters who are explaining what's happening are sort of unreliable narrators. So I don't think this film is perfectly executed. Um, but I definitely, definitely enjoyed my time with it. And I think some people might not come along on the journey this film wants to go on. So that's kind of the main mm-hmm. reason for the caveat. Um, just because, you know, some people are going to watch this to be like, what the fuck am I watching? <laughs> Ooh, yeah. Why did you tell me this was a must-see kind of situation? So it's reckoned with the caveat. Caveat being, yeah. you just got to go with it. <laughs> Yeah, you get you you got to go with it, and again, like you got to go with it in a way that I am not sure if I were sitting on a couch with my phone next to me or whatever, I would be willing to. Like, there's something about completely submitting yourself to a movie that is just so much easier in a crowded theater than it would be in another setting. Yeah, and I I don't know that without having to submit to it, the movie would really pull me along for that final. I'll say like the craziest 30 minute stretch at the end. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, and and, and it, I'm glad it did. Like, it's a wonderful experience when it does, but you, your mileage may vary depending on your viewing situation. Yeah. And, and I will say too, that like there is not only is like the swerves and the plot, something that might be hard for people to grip, grip onto, but there is, there is an entity in this film. Um, and I think that, you know, this film does not take the Jaws route of uh, it's scarier if we don't show the shark, right? This this film mm-hmm. shows the shark, and I think I think the the shark, the way the shark is presented, is is once again on that line between something that people might find goofy and people might find scary. It's sort of playing in that sort of generic space where where like. I can easily see somebody seeing it and be like, that's fucking dumb. So it's kind of like, it's, yeah. it, there, there are, you have to come along with the ride, with the story, and you have to come along with the shark they, they decide to give you. And so, so it's two things that are working against this film, working for, for everyone. Um, and I think as long as you're willing to sit along with it and, and, and ride with it, you're going to enjoy it. If either of those two things bothers you, there's probably not a good recovery for you in this film. Um, so, yeah, yeah. Yeah, no, I, I completely agree with the showing the shark thing. And that is also exactly why it didn't ruin my weekend after I saw it. Um, <laughs> and so I, I enjoyed it, right? It, it, it It's going to be a weird comparison because there are tons of real horror movies to compare it to instead. But to me, what it brought up was my feeling watching Signs when I was like younger when it happened, where the Signs is creepy when it is the bushes are rattling and something is in the cornfields and you don't know what it is. It yeah. is like disturbing and anything can happen and it's very scary when it becomes we're just going to show you the thing and now it's about how you defeat it instead it is still a very fun movie but the memory of how creepy the beginning is gets washed away and and that is kind of how this one felt when it becomes swing away (laughs) exactly yeah then you're like ah you had me until swing away (laughs) right and and this movie basically becomes swing away but unlike signs or a more recent example that a lot of people loved uh, was the Babadook where for me the final 15 minutes of the Babadook showed the shark to a degree where I was like oh I'm not gonna have nightmares (laughs) I'm okay with that shark like I can live with it Um, 
And this is like that, but instead of the last 15 minutes, it's like half the movie. Yeah. <laughs> and that is just an interesting formula that I haven't seen a whole lot. Yeah. What you're saying is you don't like the ba ba duck. Like that was scarier than Barbarian. <laughs> <laughs> Which only makes sense if you've seen the movie. Um, but uh, mm -hmm. yeah. All right. That was our verdict for this film. We're going to do a little pre-spoiler goodbye for anybody who doesn't want to stay along. So, Stephen Miller, people want to find you that week. Where can they do that? Uh, people can go to twitter.com slash sdavidmiller or sdavidmiller.com. People can find me at christopherinreallife.com or twitter.com slash christopherinreall. You can find the podcast over at thespoilerwarning.com where you can get a bunch of the back episodes of the show. If you want to subscribe to the show, you can do so in Overcast, Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, or wherever podcasts are found. If you want to know the episodes go live, you can follow us at twitter.com slash spoilerwarning, facebook.com slash thespoilerwarning, or instagram.com slash thespoilerwarning. If you want to get hold of us directly, you can send an email to fans at thespoilerwarning.com, or you can use the contact form on the site. Music for this episode will come from a track selected from artlist.io, so hopefully you're enjoying that track it is playing now that track is going to fade up and then it's going to fade out and uh you better watch out because uh when it fades out there'll be something in your house <laughs> and it'll be scary so spoilers coming at you All right, we are back. Spoiler territory. It's the after part of a review of Barbarian. We we're talking full blown spoilers for this, um, so get ready. We're we're walking walking down into the basement, uh, walking into the little hidden crawl space, and uh, we're going to talk about it. So, should we start with a conversation about the shark, Stephen? Yeah, sure. Okay. So we have talked in the past. Um, you know, it, it, you know, we, earlier we were talking about signs. There is the uh, the the visit. No, what's the what's was that the visit with Shyamalan yeah yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. so the, the, when we watched the visit we talked yeah. about like there is this horror trope that old naked women are real scary right oh yeah <laughs> the visit by the way still scares me when I think about the visit of the like old naked lady crawling under the crawl space I like I just got scared yeah. I just like I had to like turn around and make sure she wasn't there yeah yeah <laughs> there she is um, <laughs> but uh but yeah so so like this film is using it's using that trope but it's also mixing in a little bit of that uh that uh banned episode of the x-files <laughs> with, with the family that's been just living in the house like uh inbreeding for a long time and it's sort of I, I, i've never seen it but it sounds very relevant <laughs> it's it, yeah I, I got a lot of vibes from that episode I, I i i should have looked it up before we sat down to record but there's an episode of the x-files that aired one time and then was like pulled from syndication because it was like mm -hmm. too crazy and it was about this family that had been like living in this house and you know they had it, the family was you know living on together <laughs> Sure. in this house and every yeah, time people came in the house was all booby trapped and they'd like murder anybody who tried to come in and take the mom from like the stretcher that she was like strapped into um spoilers for that episode of the x-files mm -hmm. <laughs> um but uh but yeah so weird I, I i've also seen movies about families doing that with each other that wouldn't be allowed to be aired but uh those, those weren't scary <laughs> it was a porn joke you can cut that <laughs> I was like, we're talking about House They're of the Dragon. They're all step siblings. <laughs> <laughs> this movie should be called House of the Dragon. But yeah, so so what did you think of the shark? I already hinted that I thought it was a little bit goofy looking, um, and it mm -hmm. kind of took me out a little bit. But I was willing to run with it. 
What did you think of naked seven foot tall mama or mother? Baby shark. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I'm glad that caveman Nick Kroll is getting work still. Like that, you know, that makes me feel good. Uh, no, I. It's okay. Like it, it's impossible to talk about talk about the shark without talking about the first introduction of the shark, which. To my knowledge, up until this point, we have seen doors open and close and we have heard things, but we have not actually seen any proof that a physical entity is here. Yeah. You know, like up until now, it could be a demonic presence, a spiritual thing. It could be the house itself. It could be Bill Skarsgård is somehow controlling the house, like all sorts of things it could be. Yeah. And in this moment when Bill Skarsgård is definitely fucking with her or so the audience member me felt and she is coming down walking into this creepy fucking underground lair and he is calling to her like Pennywise trying to get her to come so he can then kill her or do whatever and then out of nowhere she sees just him he's fine they're having a conversation he felt something and then crazy ass <laughs> naked lady runs up and bangs his head against the wall until it smashes um i love the shark there i think that level of revealing the shark is great yeah um it, it is one of those things like a lot of cgi in movies or whatever where when it is dark when you can't see it all the way when motion is involved it helps over time when we then see the shark in like well-lit long takes while she is say breastfeeding justin long or <laughs> doing things like that which is i still i was fine with many it. reasons it's, but I, I was fine with it in a way where i felt like i was watching like a fucked up goonies or something <laughs> but, but i i was not afraid of it anymore and yeah. that is why the movie basically did a 180 from this is creepy horror to like this is a zany action thrill ride and like like it basically flipped into like the the newer predator movie or something not not prey the last one that was like a retro fighting the predator and i remember it's just like wacky and silly and fun but not disturbing yeah, you know yeah. like i i didn't find the second half disturbing at all but being not disturbed didn't bother me like i thought it was fine that it was just a a creepy looking inbred woman and i think if the movie had been going for horrific it failed, but I don't think the movie is going to for horrific anymore. I think the movie has other things it's trying to do. Yeah. I, I want to back up for a second on something that you said, just because uh, you made a statement about even at the point where she's going down into the cellar mm. and the hidden crawl space and all this stuff, even then you thought potentially Bill Skarsgård was still fucking with her and was still the bad guy. 100%. I, I've seen him court someone down into a basement with his voice asking for help like and then eat them i've seen that happen before you'll float too <laughs> but because here's the thing is i thought one of the most brilliant because because we, we already talked about in the in the pre-spoiler section that like every line he's delivering it is just on the edge of like i can't trust this guy versus okay he's kind of making sense like even when he's like can you can you please just come into the ba basement with me and she's like uh no i'm gonna get the fuck out of here and he's like right please just just in case the door shuts and i get locked in like you did and it's like oh well that's pr pretty reasonable <laughs> you know what i mean like mm -hmm. he's just on that border but like so, so even there it's a little bit creepy but the moment that that scene in the trailer where the door opens and you hear the footsteps running 
and then she like pops up and she looks and she leans out and he is having a nightmare on the bed that's when i was like oh fuck they just totally did a play a trick on us he's just a normal guy oh my god like that's when i started like interesting like, I, I did not have that when when she saw him i was just like okay this is supernatural and he's still involved or maybe it's like the black phone uh yeah sorry <laughs> i don't want to spoil other movies but like at the very least he is related to the bad thing even if he is maybe not consciously the bad thing yeah you okay. know it's like that, that was my mo 100 through the movie until the halfway point when he is smashed against the wall okay so so you were you were you were operating under like the there's other horror films which i won't throw out the title of the film because i don't want to give it away but right. there, there are films where like somebody is trapped in a place with another person but it turns out the other person who's trapped there too is actually one of the people that trapped them there like that exactly. sort of so that's what you were up okay yeah I guess that makes sense. I, I guess I felt at that point it was like the film wants us to totally not trust Bill Skarsgård. And then it's just constantly scene after scene after scene where he is being shown to be like not as creepy as you might expect. Like, I, I don't know. I, I, I mm. like that aspect of it at first where it's like, of course, he's going to be the bad guy. Like, there's yeah. this defenseless woman right here. It must be this really, really tall, handsome man that's going to be the evil person. And then it's like it's constantly trying to throw that on its head and show that like, hey, uh, maybe you shouldn't just assume this guy's bad <laughs> because maybe yeah. he's okay. See, I, I just thought, I think the, it, it is intentional stunt casting, I think. If not specifically a reference to it, then at least, you know, Bill Skarsgård is handsome, but he ain't Alexander Skarsgård. <laughs> you know, he's a, he's got beady eyes. He's got a look about him. Um, the movie knows that you believe he could be a super creepy person. Um, and I feel like the movie wants you to believe that long after we see that he is having a nightmare while the door is closing in the background, right? Like, I feel like the movie still wants you to be like, I don't know what the fuck this is, but I don't trust this guy. And especially, like, the one time in the movie when I feel like a character does a thing that I do not understand is he is at an Airbnb. Why does he want to go down and investigate? Why won't he just leave? Why is he invested in this thing? Well, I mean, and that is where my head was like, he's trying to trap her. This is his like, he's up against the corner now and he's doing his one Hail Mary to still get her down there. You know? Well, hey, but, but put it in your in, in reverse. No, actually put yourself in his place. You rented an Airbnb. You're hanging out. This woman shows up. She says she also rented the place. You check her credentials. She does seem to have possibly rented the place. You let her in. Everybody's going to stay. Like, you come home from being away, and she just tells you this crazy story about something being in the Airbnb mm -hmm. that you've been in for a few days at this point. Do you, like, it seems like crazy right like you wouldn't you wouldn't be automatically gaslighting to be like wait you saw a what a crazy seven foot tall woman like i guess she didn't see that yeah, at first I, she just found the room yeah, she yeah, didn't. Yeah. All, all she saw was really creepy underground area with like a killing room or whatever yeah, yeah i don't maybe he's just braver than i am but no part of me would be like i have to go see that for myself i would be like i don't understand all this let's drive to my friend's place because i've established that i live in this city True. and have a conversation when we are no longer under the specter of whatever the fuck is going on in this house <laughs> yeah yeah i mean I, I guess i guess for me here's the question if i believe something creepy like okay what she has described is a really creepy basement mm -hmm. she is not described dugout tunnel 
that goes away from that basement into God knows what. I would never go down that fucking tunnel, right? Like, even if I'm, like, even go back to, like, the film Men, which I'm sure we will have obvious allusions to later, but even in Mm -hmm. that, when she's standing in that, uh, it's like the bridge, right, where she's looking and she's going, ah, 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 you know, down the little thing. Yeah. I would not walk into that when there's sunlight on the other side because that just puts everything in a silhouette where I can't see what I'm walking into. That, that's, that's already hmm. too much. Maybe if I had a flashlight where I could like shine and see if there's anything going on first. But like, I don't like being in a space that I don't know what's in that space. A basement, I mm-hmm. feel like if there's anything in there, it was either there before I got here or isn't there because I've been here the whole time. So it, it would be hard for me to even imagine a realm of possibility where there are secret fucking tunnels that go out from the basement of my place into other places. So it's like, how could I believe there's an entire underground city that links all these houses or whatever the hell is going? Like, that's not even really explained how far right. these tunnels go. But like, something is I just think weird. basements are creepy. Oh, yeah. yeah I, for I sure. think a basement is creepy no matter how long you've lived in a place. Well, it's because every horror film ever, <laughs> that's where all the stuff comes from. Exactly. Yeah. So I also don't quite understand the geography of what happened to him. So like he went down and he did see the murder room and then he felt something bite him and then he ran in the opposite direction and kept going down, down, down. I think he first went down, down, down into the dark and then got bit and ran down, down, downer and then was like, okay, well, it's not over here. I need to. And then started hearing her scream. And he was rushing to her to go like, don't scream, something bit me. And then it was like, it, mm-hmm. it, he, he was just running away from a thing that he thought bit him and then was running towards her when he heard her voice because he wanted her to not also be bit by the thing that bit him. Um, and then it turned out uh, <laughs> that was his downfall. <laughs> <laughs> so can we, can we talk about that transition? Because that is like one of my probably my favorite part of the movie is the smash cut she smashes his head against the wall Ah! smash cut to justin long driving we don't know if this is a cut in time in the future we don't know if we're about to watch this movie play out a second time with whole new people like that was the prequel and this is the sequel we have no idea what is going on and i love that about this movie i thought that was such that was the moment when i was like i have truly no idea what you are going to do to me and i don't care Um, and i i just i really admired it that was when i like sat a little taller in my seat and i was like okay i see you I see you, movie. What the hell are you going to do now? <laughs> yeah. Can I ask you a question? That's a little insider joke that only you and I will mm-hmm. get. Uh, sure. When he's in his convertible taking that call, <laughs> where he's basically being fired, fired did, you get, uh, <laughs> did you get return vibes from our, our lift? From yeah, the from airport? our Airbnb. Absolutely. 100%. That's what happens when you're in the LA area. Yeah, I think so. <laughs> But it's just like being Movers part, shakers. being part of this awkward. Yeah, over the over the <laughs> over the speaker in the car call that really should be a personal call that only one person has and that you aren't subject yeah. to. A hundred percent. It was interesting though too because I feel like and maybe I imagined this or tied the movie to men in my head too strongly. I feel like when we first see Tess and she is like driving to her Airbnb, she gets a call from someone and she silences it. And I feel like the movie is hinting that she has like a, or maybe even explicitly saying when she 
Bill Skarsgård are bonding later, that she has like a abusive ex or someone who is like yet another possible big bad, like a possible cause of all of this pain. And when it cut to Justin Long later, I was like, oh, here's the asshole ex. Like now the movie is going to connect. We're going to show it from his point of view. What happened? Oh, like what led um, to her trying no, to he, take the job? It, it, exactly. Yeah. Uh, but instead, no, he's just the landlord, <laughs> which I thought was a fun, yeah. a fun reveal. But he's not even the landlord. He's just somebody who owns who bought property in an area just because it was super cheap but didn't even bother looking at like other houses mm -hmm. around the neighborhood to understand why it was being sold for so cheap he was just like yeah fuck it i'll take it yeah <laughs> and then he immediately turned it into an airbnb oh man yeah anyway i thought i thought that was fun i also thought the the movie does a great job of having a a creepy moment kind of around the third way point or whatever where tess is walking into her house and this guy starts charging at her. Uh, very men reminiscent again. You know, yeah. men are awful, scary, possible threats in this in this movie. But then the way it flips that later and the realization I had when I knew it was about to flip it later, I, I was just like, okay, movie, you got me. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you got me. You, you planted that flag and somehow it took me half the movie to realize what you were doing. And now that I realize it, it is so obvious I'm mad that I didn't know it from the beginning. <laughs> So, I've already asked you about uh, if you showed up a place, and you know, actually, technically, I didn't. But but I already asked you about the the whole creepiness of Airbnb in general. Um, I was going to potentially ask you about like what you do if you show up to a place and somebody else seemingly was renting it, and there was a confusion there. I think the answer for us is we would just drive. Yes, if there's a convention in town, like Salesforce took over your entire city, and there's literally nowhere to rent we would probably just go to the neighboring city that's anywhere within like 30, 40, an hour drive just to find a place that we could rent. But mm -hmm. putting that aside, um, if you showed up to an Airbnb and other people weren't there, but other people's luggage was there <laughs> and strode yeah. in the bathroom and uh, a bunch of things like that, that almost seems worse, does it not? Yeah, I'm pretty sure I would not continue to stay there. Yeah, I, I would. <laughs> Justin Long, but that is the unbelievable douchebaggy <laughs> confidence of Justin Long, which I think is a feature, not a bug of that character making those decisions is he just doesn't care. Yeah, yeah I, I love the him just like coming in and being like, huh, that's weird. And immediately calling somebody like, yeah, fucking some people are, are people staying here. Never once does he like. I'm going to go outside and make this call and say, are people staying here? Mm -hmm. He just is like walking through the house and be like, huh, this is weird. Huh, this is weird. <laughs> and like all along, yeah. it's like he is the version of that character where you're like, don't open the door. <laughs> but it's like, it's like. Exactly. And that's why I feel like this movie has its cake and eats it too, because it shows us the tense version where we understand the character motivations, but we still wish they wouldn't do it. Yeah. And then it shows us the story again in a situation where we, the audience, are God. We know everything already, and we are just watching this fucking doofus. <laughs> um, and I, I just love the comparison. Yeah, it's 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 pretty it's pretty amazing. Like the ride that we start to go on, and it 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 takes its time for so long trying to get to the point where he's going to go down there, and we get this brilliant sort of montage of him. Like we've we've seen two other people go like, oh my god, there's weird fucking creepy tunnels under my, my under the, the place that I'm staying. Oh, I love and, this part. And his moment is when he notices that shit. He's like, hell yeah, more square footage. 
like, when he goes upstairs and opens uh, Tessa's laptop, <laughs> it starts Googling, mm-hmm. like, do, do basements count towards square footage? Like, that's when I was like, oh, this this film is a work of genius. <laughs> yeah, no, that was so I, I had forgotten about that moment. That was when the whole audience was just roaring with laughter. And that is, again, the roller coaster of this movie is like the audience is terrified. Then the audience is cracking up at like a douchebag landlord joke. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man, it was so good. And and it uses the same filmic like language to, 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 to play out the joke versus the scares. So like earlier... It's just drawn out the prolonged, I am walking into a scary tunnel. I'm walking into it for longer than is necessary. Like it becomes more and more scary because it takes its time and makes you sit and wait for any potential reveal. You're gonna, and like every turn, there's not a reveal, right? It's just getting longer and longer. And the tension is building and building and building. And this, we just have him finding more and more passages that he can measure with, with this tape measure. And it just like builds and builds. It becomes funnier and funnier and funnier. And you know that that you know the 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 shoe is gonna flip turn whatever the expression is we know there's gonna be like a sudden drop where everything's gonna go back to scary town again but it's just so hilarious watching him uh respond to the things that should be scary but to him are exciting because he's trying to make a few bucks that he can fight this uh this sexual harassment uh <laughs> Or not sexual harassment. This is like rape charge that he's basically um, been uh, been added for. So yeah, yeah, good times, <laughs> fun times. Um, yeah. Any, any? Do you want to start? Do you want to get towards the 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 like little bit of backstory that we hear about what's going on this this guy and this family? Sure, sure. So there's two things. One is we have one or two flashbacks to a time that seems like maybe the 40s or 50s. I couldn't tell exactly when it's supposed to be um, of a guy who is just like an everyday dude back, you know, before the white flight or whatever of Detroit when this is still like a whatever quaint but insidiously quaint seeming town. Um you know, which is kind of part of it is like the danger lurking beneath all of this supposed propriety or whatever. Um, And he is calmly getting baby related supplies, let's say, which, hey, I've been there. I bought a bunch of different size baby clothing for a robot to fold and gotten some weird looks at stores (laughs) um, in my day. But anyway, he's he's doing that. He's seeing a friend. A friend says he's going to move. And then it slowly kind of reveals that he has abducted at least one, but probably multiple women and has them downstairs, probably having his babies. Yeah. Then we are told later by the guy who winds up saving uh, Tessa's life that the woman, the quote mother, the shark down there is the product of inbreeding where the guy has basically just been sleeping with the woman that he captures, making her raise a baby, sleeping with that baby when it becomes a woman of age, and then continuing that trend over and over and over again. Yeah, And, and now, as the film says, when you make a copy of a copy of a copy, eventually you get that. <laughs> exactly, yeah. And, and now, I just don't know. It really depends on just how... I mean, the guy's already a monster. <laughs> yeah. You know, um, but 
how many copies of a copy of a copy can you get to if it's like 1950s to today? I guess you can get to a lot. I, I guess you're right. If you really have no scruples, yeesh, yeesh, yeah. Yeah, that could be like six copies deep. Yeah, no, I take back my skepticism. <laughs> and six, six copies deep realistic. gets you seven feet tall. Exactly. <laughs> I just couldn't believe that the guy was still alive. I don't know what gives him his strength. Yeah, so, he seems like he would have been like a feeble man. So, I mean, he was a feeble man. He was stuck in that bed. But why do you think he killed himself? Like, like at what point does it go from him forcefully impregnating women to generate, you know, semi like infinite babies to he is stuck in the bed and wants to die <laughs> mm. yeah it's a good question i don't know maybe this last one was just so creepy <laughs> maybe she's creepy enough that he is now just like hell no <laughs> but i mean he kills himself because he's been found out. I just don't know why he doesn't have the will to kill Justin Long instead. Like, when did he become so weak that he's not going to do that? That's what know? I'm saying. It, it seems like he wants out of some situation that he is mm-hmm. in, right? Like, it feels like... Yeah. Well, I think he doesn't want to be discovered by the police because he feels like his shame or whatever is going to come to the surface. But like like you said, he could have killed Justin Long, right? Like, if right. that was the only reason. It feels like he wanted to die. <laughs> Like, like, mm-hmm. like he was suffering in some way himself, um, or he at least had been rotting away with regret on the monster that he had made uh, yeah. through, through his weird trials of breeding. Um, I don't know. It, yeah. it, was, it was weird. Which is interesting because then it does paint the monster as like a sympathetic-ish character, you know? Yeah. Or at least like it's not her fault. She did, you know, it's she not just her wants, fault. And then she is... She just wants to breastfeed. Loving. Yeah, she's she's basically like, you know, the Frankenstein or any other kind of monster that is like trying to show love, but then that attempt to show love is dangerous because you know the world doesn't understand it. But it, but it's basically like a. But then she does smash people's head in too. But but it's basically like a you know it's like AI right the movie AI artificial <laughs> intelligence right it's like she is the Pinocchio character and her only understanding mm-hmm. of real life is that the greatest joy is a mother breastfeeding a child. Like, if you right. do it right, it's this beautiful bond. So she is just, her only, like, she is trapped in this, like, broken down, like, under this underground passage below a broken down home in a broken down neighborhood. And the only thing she can do, like, she has her, her old man, <laughs> who's also her dad and grandfather and great-grandfather and great-great-grandfather and all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, but... She is seeking for something that can make her feel happy. And these videos have taught her that you need to breastfeed a child. So she is just searching for that. (laughs) Now, how many people do you think they've killed? Because the guy who lives in the neighborhood clearly knows that terrible things happen here. So do you think like lots of Airbnb people have been murdered? (laughs) (laughs) That is that is true. I mean, there has to have been, right? There, like, there, there's multiple people had to have been murdered in that place. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, I don't know. So, let's. Uh, last, last thing we want to talk to. We don't have to hit like th- this film play by play, but I do want to talk about. I like obviously the big, the, the last final twist of this is like Justin Long's piece of shit man has been through some stuff, and he has realized that he wants to be a better person. And he is sort right. of trying to like, hey, 
like you came back for me i'm realizing that i have i have hurt people like hurt people hurt people <laughs> i need to be mm-hmm. a better person and when it comes to the end when he realizes that like hey the mother can only get one of us like i can hurt you again the person who has like saved me forever and if i hurt you i can be safe right i almost feel the message of this film plays better if he gets away with it like that mm. sort of me too takedown of like what is inherent in the character of a man like this that i think that it's a stronger thing if he just walks away from the situation it's like motherfucker is going to get away with it again right and like i feel like that is a stronger message than like no but we're still doing the horror trope thing so like the woman has to be say like she has to get away and like the piece of shit has to get it in the end and the monster has to die but like we'll be sad about it because like she just really wanted to have a child and it's sad that we're going to shoot her in the face but i feel like I, i feel like it just it wasn't it wasn't strong enough in its convictions to like let the piece of shit evil guy get away with it scot-free yeah and i kind of yeah i i think i agree with that i mean i frankly i think the movie just wanted to end with the audience cheering yeah yeah. basically um and it wanted that more than it wanted the bite of its me too commentary but i agree a world where piece of shit justin long you know he pushes her they both truly do die he like walks down he looks at them they are both dead um or maybe even like she is still alive and then he realizes that she's going to tell everyone what he did and so he like whatever shoots her smothers her or whatever and then gets away and then it's just like back in hollywood interviewing about this like terrifying thing that happened and how he bravely fought a monster or whatever yeah yeah. (laughs) like i can totally see that ending of this movie (laughs) or or like his great comeback in hollywood is to make the movie version of of the event he went through exactly that's like there's a whole spectrum you could do like that that's the one end of the spectrum spectrum and then this end of the spectrum would be like he is hobbling away and those cops that gaslit uh tess earlier in the film like are like oh sir are you okay do you need us to pick you up and take you somewhere <laughs> and like they rescue him at the end even though like she was complaining mm-hmm. the whole time about this monster that was down there so yeah there, there's there's definitely ways that it could be like stick with that that message of like can you fucking believe this guy um but yeah. but it, it yeah it did want you to have that chair moment of like yay she made it out yep or yay he's dead honestly i couldn't even remember i guess she does survive <laughs> In, in, in my head the real yay is that he's gone yeah justin not so long for this world mm-hmm. all right so long but <laughs> any, any last thoughts uh on this film steven no it's fun <laughs> you should go see it all right well that's our review and our spoiler conversation for barbarian hope everybody enjoyed we will see you next time bye Bye.